Welcome to a night of total terror. Welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, Episode 15, The Evil Dead Trilogy. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly podcast, well, ish, where we focus on horror, sci-fi, but occasionally we will dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. On this episode, I'll be joined by very special guests, but before I introduce them, let's enjoy the trailer for The Evil Dead. I have seen the dark shadows moving in the woods and I have no doubt that whatever I have resurrected through this book is sure to come calling for me. Your girlfriend, you take care of her. We have with us now guests, our co-host for this uh, fantastic episode. They escaped last time, but they just couldn't quite get over that fence. We've got them back. It's Cat and Lynx. It's CL Raven. How are you doing, girls? Hello. Hello. We're good. good How are good. you? I'm all right. And once again, we are pretending that we have not had any conversations <laughs> before we start recording. <laughs> Absolutely not. You yeah, guys yeah. have been incredibly busy since last time we spoke. We have, yeah, doing horror cons and comic cons that were selling our books. And you've been out in the yeah. I mean, last time we spoke, you were, after that you went to Venice. Yes, yes, Venice it, was amazing. And it's and still just, standing. Yeah, it is, yeah, <laughs> just about, I mean, it's apparently sinking, it might disappear in 70 years, but that's going to fix do with us. <laughs> and we managed to find ourselves uh, an insane asylum museum, which apparently tourists don't know about, so we went there on our birthday and we were like, the only people on the ferry over, so it felt like really dodgy and it was very foggy as well. But and we seem to be the only people on the island, apart from the receptionists. And yeah, and we were standing on the jetty, and you, 
you couldn't see Dennis because of the fog, so it felt like we were completely on our own. And it's like, this is how all the horror films start. You know, maybe the only ones on the tour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy is like, how did you find out about this place? It's like, well, if there's anything creepy, we will find it. <laughs> so it's like, you know, basically, it's like, so it feels like the start of like a Lucio Fulci film, doesn't it? It's sort of like <laughs> you know, um, any of the other sort of like Bay of Blood or something, or like an Italian horror as you're sort of uh, going out through the mist. Uh, yeah, yeah, we were a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and you just got back from Oldham. Yes. And, you know, you, I can't get over how much you guys get through. I don't know how you I, do it. I don't know. I've read a lot of Red Bull. They should start sponsoring us soon. But, cause, yeah, uh, we got back from Oldham and it was about, like, 9 o'clock last night. That was really good, yeah. actually. Oldham Comic Con. The organisers were just amazing. And, like, they sorted out our accommodation the table everyone got free lunches next to the park and it, it was just fantastic and That's we, really we all bought books from everybody to stock in it to stock in the library as well so it's like oh, and we may have armed about like 40 kids with pen a river plastic yeah. dagger pen yeah <laughs> pens that shaped like daggers if there's anything relating to that on like the news and odin they didn't get them from us <laughs> Now, like we said earlier, we are here today to talk about the Evil Dead trilogy. Now, I remember watching this. I think I must have been, oh, I think the first time I watched it, I was about 11. The first one, anyway. Um, we, we were older than that. We were in our 20s yeah. by the time we got around to watching the first one. And I just remember just being absolutely, just, it blew my mind because I couldn't quite couldn't quite get over just how gross and how scary some of it was it's funny because when we were watching it we were watching it going and then checking the tv magazine and going this wasn't billed as a comedy but this is (laughs) (laughs) well i mean so let's dive into the numbers here i mean obviously evil dead it was originally released in the u.s in 1981 um it didn't oddly enough make it into the uk until january the 17th 1983 Oh, that is exactly a month before we were born. It is, yeah. Well, I was three when this came out <laughs> in the UK. Um, of course, it's directed by Sam Raimi. Yeah. Um, it was produced by Robert Tappard and written by Sam Raimi. Um, it stars, uh, obviously, Bruce Campbell, um, who stars in all three of the films. Um, it had Hal Delrich, Betsy Baker... And Sarah York, and I think it was Ellen, Ellen Sandweiss. I think I'm saying that right. I can't, you know, it's a funny bit of a spelling, but it's Ellen Sandweiss was also in it. Um, it was um, budgeted for four hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow, wow! We did a lot with that. Yeah, I mean, it's still quite small, but then it went on to make two point four million. That's amazing. And that's sort of 1980s money, so, you know, somebody do the maths on that. That's that's not bad return. No. That's not a bad return at all. Um, of course, it was then released by New Line Cinema, um, who are responsible for, obviously, the, the Freddy films. I was going to say the, the Nightmare on Elm Street. I was for that. So, I mean, so, guys, I mean, in terms of plot, it is your, you know, it's got your classic... Um, cabin in the woods kind of story isn't it yeah um and, but i mean one of the things that always sort of struck me and one of the things that i really love and i love it about all three of the films is the um the links with hp lovecraft yeah 
I'm a big, big fan of H.P. Lovecraft. Um, have you guys actually read any of his stuff? Uh, we have. We have a collection of short stories. I don't remember a lot of them now. I remember thinking it's very similar to Welsh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, lot the, uh, a lot of the language is yeah. like quite Welsh. Yeah. I mean, there. Um, I mean, when you sort of. Um, you sort of look at it and you've got the titles like the Necronomicon um, and like Kandarian Daggers and even the Deadites. I mean, they are, you just got that real sort of Cthulhu feel to it. Um, yeah. And like even some of like the effects, they've all got that sort of, um, that really creepy sort of, um, creepy HP Lovecraft vibe to it. Um, yeah, especially like the trees in that. Yeah, and the, the sense of raising the ancient ones. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like that. Um, but I mean, sort of, the first one in terms of story-wise, um, again, it's quite simple, isn't it? Like we said, it's, you know, it's got your your classic sort of uh, group of teenagers uh, sort of sloping off into uh, into the woods for a weekend together, where uh, unwittingly then unleashing, like you said, the ancient ones and raising the uh, raising the dead. Um, what do you guys think about the actual story behind uh, the Evil Dead? I, I loved it. It's like Nothing like that has ever happened from any of our sort of trips around. Still very different. <laughs> like well, we were, when we were in Bristol Court House, we were reading through this script. We could have raised anything. <laughs> not from that script. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we found a random script and just started acting it out. So, yeah, something like that could have happened to us. You know, that, that type of thing of just finding random stuff and reading it, you know, it's quite a believable way of uh, raising monsters accidentally. Yeah. And I love the whole Necronomicon. Yeah. It's, it's just an awesome thing. And, yeah, I mean, have you seen the Blu-ray of the DVD um, case with the actual Necronomicon yeah. release? That that is so cool. I mean, yeah, you can get notebooks as well with that. Yeah, yeah. I have the um, the Necronomicon. Have, have you seen that? It's like a bikini set. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it fit me somehow. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it, me wandering around in the a Necronomicon. <laughs> We should, we should do it for Toad Fair. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the, the other thing as well, when you sort of, you know, one of the things that really did freak me out when I saw this, and it still kind of creeps me out a little bit, is all the sounds yeah. in this film. It is really, really... And I love the really shots eerie. of, like, the rushing towards, the, the camera shots of, like, it rushing towards the cabin, and then, yeah. you and then it withdraws when... Yeah, when they start weaving it, I yeah. like that. Yeah, it's really, really. I mean, I'll, I'll come on to that because there's the way in which um, obviously they didn't have a massive amount of budget, and one of the things that oddly enough that they had to do was Bruce Campbell um, and Sam Raimi raised a massive amount of the money themselves. I mean, between them, I think they raised something like thirty-five thousand dollars each. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's impressive. Um, they did Kickstarter back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? And um, people sort of forget that you know, back in the day, people didn't have Kickstarter, and so like to make these independent films, they had to go out there and they approached everyone um, to try and get any kind of funding for this. Um, and it's it, it's you know it's a real sort of example of indie filmmaking. Yeah. And the sort of the importance of indie filmmaking, I think it's uh, it's absolutely brilliant, um, but. Obviously, we can sort of talk a long time about sort of indie filmmaking and this and that. <laughs> yeah. But the key thing is, some of the effects in this film and some of the gore and some of the scares and some of the frightens are absolutely brilliant. They uh, are, yeah. I mean, the one thing that was quite interesting when uh, they released this, 
Um, when they first released it in the UK, the in the cinema, the BBFC had control over what people saw. Yeah, especially like with um, uh, you know the uh, 80s films that they all kept banning, like, like the video nasties and things like that. Yeah, that, yeah, come on, yeah, video nasties. And, but this is the mental bit. When it was released in the cinema, The Evil Dead had 49 seconds cut from the film. <laughs> and 49 seconds cut from the film, it got given an X certificate. And they didn't cut the tree rape scene? <laughs> no, they did. Well, well, this is the thing. The, the tree rape scene was cut originally. Oh, right, yes, However, when they released it on video, because the BBFC had no control over what was released on home video, Everything was still in it. Mm. So if you went to see it in the film, in the cinema, and then you saw the film at home, you'd be thinking, oh, hang on a second, this tree wasn't in it before. <laughs> so they kept that in there. Um, this scene is brilliant, though. You know, nothing like that has been done. No. So I kind of repeated it in the, um, in the remake. I was kind of glad that they did keep it in because that... The tree bit was terrifying. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. It is. I remember the, it's the first time that I actually sort of I remember when I was first time I saw it. I remember watching that and just thinking, "Oh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this." <laughs> <The> splinters. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and it is. It's really quite sort of. It's a real visceral scene, um, mm. and she, you know, and fair play to the actress in it. I mean, she she makes it look real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the sort of um, you've got. Obviously, this and it was quite controversial. The tree rape scene when it came when people first sort of got into it. Um, oddly enough, you guys mentioned about Leeds recently, mm-hmm. and in order to get this film taken off the video nasties list, Sam Raimi actually went to Leeds. Oh, really? It was in. It appeared in court. They took the um, they took the BBFC to court, and it actually appeared. They appeared in Leeds. In Leeds Crown Court, he flew over from the States, excuse me, to appear in Leeds. So you can imagine, sunny LA, he flies all the way into Leeds, Um, he just about makes the court case, he sits down, I think they were in court for a grand total of about 25 minutes, (laughs) and the judge said, well, okay, that's no problem, it ended up getting a full release, and um, he wasn't actually, Sam Raimi wasn't called on to speak at all. What a waste of a flight. <laughs> and then just flew back. Um, yeah, so we got the... Obviously, we talked briefly now about the tree rape scene. You've got um, the other bit that always, always makes me cringe um, is the pencil in the foot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they stick the pencil in the foot and they twist it. Yeah. It's just... It, it just kills me. I don't know why. And I've got a thing about things going in my foot anyway. <laughs> it's like, have you ever stepped on a plug? Yes. Oh, oh God. Oh, the pain. Oh, I, oh a piece of Lego. Yeah, I stepped oh, on a Lego. Glass when, like when I was five, I had that in my foot. That was excruciating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but funnily enough, though, Raimi sort of, when he talks about like sort of the gore and everything else, even though there's buckets and buckets and buckets of blood in this film, when he looks at the gore, one of the things that he always regrets, he always regrets about the tree scene. He always says that it was too far, and he regretted keeping it in the film. Oh, really? Yeah. Which it's like is... such an iconic moment of the film. It's like, it, it wouldn't really be the same part, because it was such a thing and such a terrifying scene. It's like, you know, she is completely imprisoned yeah. by the tree and that. And the, the visuals of the tree, the branches mm-hmm. and that, snake around her, are yeah. fantastic. And it's like, 
the film is lost so much about that scene. Yeah. Um, the other bit, I, you know, it's sort of the one thing that has always, and it's right the way through these films, but it's less in the first one, is, is, is the comedic elements of it. Yeah. Um, and I think the first film out of them all is probably the most frightening. Yeah. It has the most, you know, it is, you know, it is probably the most brutal out of them all. Um, yeah, especially by the third film, it wasn't taking itself seriously. Yeah. You could tell you were having fun with it. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, you know, the, um, and like some of the, the, um, the killing, the, the, you know, when they sort of, uh, the guy chops his own girlfriend up with the axe. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that in itself is sort of, um, is really brutal. And like, yeah. because obviously, the, you know, they've recorded the sound live, you can hear the axe sort of clunking <laughs> and smashing. And it's, you know, it's, it is quite brutal. And I mean, the film probably, um, from the second that they really get into like the cellar, when they get in, down into the cellar, of the, you know, yeah. that's where the film really starts turning and sort of becomes quite sort of, uh, becomes quite nasty, really. Yeah. I mean, how do you guys feel about the cellar scenes? I like, we, we like the scary bits, we like the dark bits. And so, and so like, like, you know, you've got the gaps in the stairs, so of course, you know, and then things come through gaps. That's always like a fear of when you go down these sorts of stairs that yeah. things can come through and uh, just grab your ankles. And, and I love it, but obviously it's like, you know, my favourite line from, from the film is, you know, I'll swallow your soul. It's just, it's just, that's just amazing. Yeah. It's such a quotable line. And, it is, and, well, and that's the thing, isn't it? As the series goes on, the films become more and more quotable, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> you know, it's my boons. <laughs> well, that's the thing, isn't it? But like you said, by the time you get to the third one, we get the fully formed Ash character. Yeah. And you can sort of see him sort of becoming Ash sort of uh, almost about halfway through in the second one, can't you? Yeah. You sort yeah of it's just, it's first and he's like... he's sort of playing it seriously now. Like he's, more, he's more traumatised in the first one. Really. And, and the, the odd thing is that it's, it's his eyebrows in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very expressive eyebrows. But yeah, as the films go on, he just completely, he is Ash then and doesn't make it seriously, just has fun with it. And then brilliant then, he just creates this, you know, Fantastic. You can't imagine anyone else playing him. So, no, so I'm no. glad you brought him back to the series. Yeah. Yes, I mean, we've only yes. seen one episode of the series if you don't have Netflix, but you can't have anybody else playing Ash. No, no. Well, he is Ash, isn't he? He, he is. Yeah. Qu- and I mean, I like Bruce Campbell as an actor. I think he's done some amazing work. I mean, have you guys seen Maniac Cop? No, we haven't actually. Oh, you've got to see Maniac Cop. He's absolutely brilliant in it. He's, he's very straight in it. Mm. Very, very straight in it. He's absolutely brilliant. The other one is um, the Don Coscarelli uh, classic, Bubba Hotep. Oh, we haven't. People keep recommending that. The fact he plays an agent, you know, he's playing an aged Elvis taking on a soul swallowing <laughs> mummy. He'd be perfect as Elvis. He has that, he has yeah. that look of an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, he's absolutely superb in it. I love uh, Bubba Hotep. It's a really, really good film. Um, but, like, you know, one of the things that Sam Raimi talks about in every single film, in every single one of these, uh, of the Evil Dead films, is his love of torturing Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at the physicality of the bumps that he takes. Mm. I mean, he does all his own stunts. 
because they well basically because they couldn't afford anyone <laughs> but you know some of the you know when he sort of you know particularly with like we talk about the sort of um, you know the evil cam with the chase the you know chasing through the trees and those yeah. type of things and um, that you know and more so in the second one where it sort of picks him up and starts spinning him round and yeah. those type type of things but the one thing that um, you get did you know how they created the evil cam? No, no, actually. It's re- well, there's, there's three different types of evil cam. First mm-hmm. one is they strapped it to a plank of wood and just ran through the woods. <laughs> that sounds like that kind of filmmaker. <laughs> um, the other thing he did was they actually um, they attached it to the front of a bike, of ah. a motorbike, and then just drove the motorbike through the woods. Um. It is, you know, and it's such, when you think about it, it is, it, it is an iconic part of the film, isn't it? And you've got that it sort is. of, and you've got it's, the drone and the noise of it, and it's sort of, when it's banging through doors. And it's a, you know, it's a unique way of filming, because nowadays it would all be done on, um, you know, the camera on pulleys and, and stuff like but, that. But, you know, it, it puts you in the uh, point of view of the dead eyes of, the ancient ones, yeah, so, you know, yeah. rushing the cat, and then it's like, oh, this stuff, so we're with Joe, and it just adds to the scariness of that, yeah. And I tell you what, I do love as well is the fact that you only hear like the big roar when it's from like the e- the, from the like the evil, the evil side of it, so not yeah. from like anybody else's perspective, but when it's like that evil camera's view of it, you hear that sort of that, that big drone as it's chasing yeah. it through, it's absolutely brilliant. It, and, and then it, you know what's coming and they don't as well. So it's like, you know, oh, well, there is something even it's rushing the camp. But, you know, in the cabin, they don't know it's there. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, and, you know, the other thing as well, which which shocked me the first time I saw it, and, okay, it's a spoiler alert, but the film was released sort of, uh, like we said, 1981. <laughs> You've had time to watch it. <laughs> so, like, as I say most time, pause the show, go watch it, <laughs> come back and pause us and then carry on listening. Um but is and it, did, it was when Ash gets possessed. Yeah, I I always I found that I always found that really really freaky. Just because obviously I he's funny. Yeah, well he's got that massive chin, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's got that huge chin, and he's got that sort of you know, the, and then the eyes and everything, the big prosthetic. It totally freaked me out. Yeah, it did freak me out. Um, so. For you guys, what are your key moments in the first Evil Dead? That's oh, right, yes, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's the key one, yeah. Yeah, um, I, no, go on, go on. Yeah, the, the tree rapes. Chopping up his hand. Right? Yeah, when his hand is Oh, I love the possessed hand. The possessed hand is the best thing. It's just amazing. And yeah. I really like the deadites as well. You know, the way they looked and everything is... For that time, they're amazing. Yeah. They're terrifying. Yeah, no, they are. They are. They are really, really, really freaky. I mean, the one thing that makes me laugh is when you look at the credits. Um, you've got in the credit when you look at it all going down. Anybody who also acted in the film was given the title of Fake Shemp. <laughs> and Fake Shemp is is Raimi's love of the Three Stooges. Ah. So anybody else who did sort of, and particularly like his brother Ted, Ted Raimi. Um, who's in everything that he does. Oh, is he? Ted Raimi appears in pretty much everything he does, as well as the car. Yeah. Ash's car is mm. in every single Sam Raimi film. 
Oh, really? Including all the Spider-Man films. Oh, wow. Right, we need, we need to now watch all of Sam Raimi's stuff now just to spot the car. You will spot it in every single one. In fact, um, I think it's the car that Uncle Ben drives in all the Spider-Man oh. films. It is. It's. It's absolutely brilliant. You know, the fact it appears every, you know, everywhere. Yeah. In those films. Um, now, here's the question. Here's the big, big question. Which one do you prefer? Do you prefer the Evil Dead one, or do you prefer Evil Dead Two, Dead by Dawn? I think Evil Dead One. Yeah. It's the original one, and the one we know the best. But you know, we do love them all. I mean, yeah. I think. And we'll I'll, we'll come onto this in a little bit. I do like the original, like I said, because of the you know it's a groundbreaking indie film, um, and for me and particularly my group of friends, when we were younger, it was a big film that we always chucked on together, mm-hmm. and particularly when we were through university as well, it was something that was always on in the background. Yeah, it was always there. So wherever we went, it was always on somewhere. See, we tried. We had, we've had two Evil Dead nights with our friends. Evil, um, just us and our mate Bryn, love it. So we, we introduced our other friends to it. Not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> they, they thought the films were terrible. Yeah, we've, we've tried twice. Evil Dead night, Marvel, we watched them all. And then we start watching the sea. And then by the time we're like, right, we'll watch the series now, they're all like, they, no, they, all leave, they leave the room. And we're like... <laughs> I'm a friend of you people, you have no taste. Well, I think that's a question you need to keep asking. Give it one more try. Everybody's worth <laughs> yeah. another chance and then ask yourself that question. I mean, the other thing as well that I love about the first Evil Dead is you care about the characters. Yeah. You care about Ash. You care about his girlfriend. Um, you know, he and even sort of later on, you really do care about Ash, even when he becomes total jerk Ash. Mm. Um, but you do sort of, you know, I think... The first one is, there's something about it, and it'll always sort of keep drawing you back to it. Yeah. You, you know, sort of every couple, you know, every couple sort of, you know, sometimes maybe a year, maybe a year and a half, I always get, find myself getting drawn back to it. Um, but it is, it's such a great film. It's, there's got so many great moments. Um, I mean, like, you know, the, <laughs> and the blood, the amount yeah. of blood. <laughs> Yeah, there is so much blood. It's like the human body, I'm sure, I can't hold that much. It's like the sort of, I suppose, charm of indie films is the amount of blood that they use. And did you notice the different colours of blood? Yeah. Do you know why there is different colours of blood? Well, I know in general human body, like, um, arterial blood is bright red. Because yeah. it's as fascist as it's been come through. And then, like, when blood is... Like starting to clot it to dark red. Yeah. Not that we know, you know, loads about blood and spilling blood and that kind I'm of thing. I'm just guessing maybe they use different brands to capture. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of it is, um, particularly um, when it comes to censorship, if you have human coloured blood, mm-hmm. you'll get, you know, and you use a certain amount of it, your film gets cut a lot heavier. <laughs> So what they started doing was using different types of blood, and that's why you get all the gory, greeny, black types of blood, um, so that you wouldn't have to cut it so much. It's the same reason why in things like Samurai Jack, in a kid's cartoon, you can chop off robots' heads all the time, but, you, uh, but people get upset when you chop, chop off human heads. Yeah. See? So it is. I mean, the, I think the first Evil Dead, 
um, is pretty much the foundations, isn't it, for the for the rest of the films? It is. Yeah. It is the building blocks, and then when you come to like Evil Dead Two, um, which is a nice little segue into the into the second film, um, you get you get the more humour. Um, because obviously he didn't want to fall foul of the censors again. Um, yeah. Because like lots, lots, a big part of this film is the fact the first one, particularly in the UK, where it ended up on the video nasties list. And when you think about the films that were on the video nasties list, you've got Driller Killer, you've Cannibal got Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust, Cannibal Ferox, yeah. um, I Spit in Your Grave, um, and lots of the films. Oddly enough shouldn't have ended up on the video now but there are certain you know obviously you've got you've got all the italian cannibal films and i think there's a there's a fair point and some of the sort of films like like ice bit in your grave yeah because um, you know i think you know no matter how many times i hear somebody trying to argue that ice bit in your grave is a feminist film yeah not buying that no. one somewhat. <laughs> i'm not buying that one somewhat um but i don't think evil dead belongs no, anywhere near that so you look at those other films that were on the list, especially like, you know, Cannibal Holocaust and stuff like they that. They were brutal. Yeah, with the, well, you know, you know the, the animals and that and that, but yeah, the Evil Dead is nowhere near in, in line with those films. No, no, and I mean, that's the one thing, actually, that, and I've, you know, I cannot find myself watching some of the Cannibal, is the animal cruelty. Yeah, I no, cannot bring myself to even look... No, it's like obviously Cannibal Holocaust, famous film, but we cannot bring ourselves to watch it because of the animal cruelty. So yeah. it's like we won't watch it, and it, you know, if everyone knows about it, you know, it's like massive in horrors, but it's like we will, you know, we draw a line, we will not watch anything that has animal cruelty. So, you know, we're happy for that to be a film we will never see. Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm, I'm completely with you on that. I mean, I have problems watching i've had to skip forward the you know the first john wick film where his dog bite you know bites the dust i yeah. find that i find that bit really distressing i've got a flick, fl- <laughs> flick yeah, forward know, on that. Yeah. any film where an animal gets hurt or dies it's like nope yeah yeah so other films like you'll be watching it in the cinema with our friends and like, they'll be crying at the side but like uh wolf the latest wolverine one and like people were crying in it and we were like what was so sad that the minute like an animal, it's like, yeah, no, we're the ones. <laughs> <laughs> now, I also have to say, I think in Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2, they do have one of the best shovel decapitations yes. ever. I do love a good decapitation. Yeah. yeah. Decapitation is always my favourite. Yeah. And I mean, it is one way to break up with somebody. <laughs> yeah. is to take the, you know to chop their head off with a shovel I don't want to break your heart I'm going to take your head instead you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kinder than ghosting them <laughs> but like I or think was, them. yeah yeah how do you um, and I mean it was also one of the other things as well when the girlfriend comes back after you know when she becomes the deadite as well that was always one of the things that sort of really sort of um, it, it really freaked me out a little bit her voice yeah, she oh, yeah. I, I had a filter for that voice. So. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, sort of, the way in which it's sort of, like, I mean, and, there, and there, you can clearly see when he's sort of grappling with the headless torso. It's somebody just holding up the dummy and sort of doing that, the little dance with it. But <laughs> yeah. it's this sort of, you know, it is a really, um, it's a really powerful scene as well. Yeah. I really, I really, really enjoyed it. So because obviously we're going to be talking about the other two films as well. If you guys had to rate 
give the first Evil Dead a score out of 10, what would you guys give it? Ooh. I think that's pretty high, like uh, 8 or 9. Definitely. Yeah. See, now I always come in for the first Evil Dead at an 8.5. Yeah, well, that would be sort of ours, you know, eight, nine, yeah. Yeah, eight, nine. I, I, love, uh, the, I remember when we first watched it, seeing the end, and then they looked like, like the claymation, the claymation past the Yes, yeah. I remember just laughing so hard, going, this is amazing. Yeah. That, that they did look like, like past the monsters, and it's like, this is brilliant, part of the charm of the Well, it is, isn't it? And, you know, and that's the bit that I, and in some ways, for me, um, the sequel does that more where you get and then yeah. you get I, I, I'm a big fan of stop stop motion I love yeah. um, the Ray, Ray Harryhausen and all his yeah. types of films um, but so you guys are coming in uh, well I was coming in at 8.5 and you guys were saying 8.5 as well for yeah. Evil Dead 1 perfect yeah. so let's have a little we'll move on to like Evil Dead 2 Dead by Dawn which mm-hmm. again really really quotable line um, so at this point, I'm going to pop the trailer on. Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. So evil. We prayed it would never happen again. Now, from the creator of Evil Dead, comes Evil Dead 2. So that was the trailer for Evil Dead 2. Now, just like Evil Dead 1, um, it was directed and written by Sam Raimi. Um, however, he did bring on Scott uh, Spiegel. Um, it was produced by Robert Tappert, Alex uh, Di Benedetti, and Irvin Shapiro. Again, it stars Bruce Campbell. Um, but this time we've got Sarah Berry, Dan Hicks, Casey Wesley, and Richard Dumier. And this film um, was, it had a big sort of, um, a big a lot of people behind it. It had uh, the, the legend that is Dino De Laurentiis behind it. And it was released by um, Rosebud uh, Releasing and Renaissance. It's 84 minutes. That's the other thing as well. They're quite short films. They are, yeah, compared to today's standards. They are really, really short. Um, of course, it was released March 13th, uh, 1987. Uh, it had a budget, they've gone up in the world for the second one, of £3.6 million. Oh, wow, that's a massive jump. Yeah. It is. And they made $5.6 million wow. on this one. So, you know, it, it, 
these, you know, you can clearly see that, you know, both are sort of, they're not massive hits. They're not major sort of terminated James Cameron type money, but they do make the money. Yeah, they and they've make... won a lot of fans over the years that still loves them. It's like Titanic and that sort of Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the big question is, do you see Dawn, uh, um, Dawn, at least a Dawn of the Dead then? No, we're not talking about Dawn of the Dead. That was a couple episodes ago. Do you see um, Evil Dead 2 as a sequel or a remake? It's not uh, because it's a little bit of both. Yeah, it, it is a little bit of both because like, it does kind of essentially remake it, but at the same time, it uses, obviously, what I always found funny about it is the fact that uses scenes from the first film but they've had to change the girlfriend so it's a different actor playing the girlfriend in the flashback kind of thing. Yeah. Well, the reason why they did that is they no longer own the rights to the yeah. first film. So what they had to do was, um, and because they've made changes to the story, basically the major, major uh, change to the story is instead of a bunch of friends, they've just got Ash and his girlfriend. Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, um, Ash's girlfriend changes in every single film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's always funny. By the time you get to Army of Darkness, do you know the actress who's playing his girlfriend? No, I'm rubbish with names. I never remember them. It's Bridget Fonda. Ah, yeah. Of the assassin and, of course, Lake Placid. Yeah. Really early role for her. But the main, the, ba- the main difference with this one is instead of a bunch of friends, uh, you get Ash and his girlfriend. Um, and, of course, you get Ash then who finds the tape um, and then plays the tape, uh, which, again, reawakens the, uh, the deadites. All this is done, in it, obviously, in, a, in like a little flashback type, uh, type moment. See, I, li- I like the tape in recording. And it's like... Finding the tape and randomly playing it and unleashing an evil on the world is something that we could see ourselves doing, so it's very relatable as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, tape click. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. No, dead height. <laughs> and that's the one that I got. I quite like tape. Yeah, I like tape. I like we, tape. We've still, we, we still, we still got, we got two VHS players. We still play our videos. Um when we do ghost hunting, one of our cameras takes eight mil tapes, so we're nice. still recording on tapes. Nice. Capturing that footage is a pain in the ass, <laughs> but um, it's sort of actually it's like it's still really good quality. And actually, the eight mil tape camera is probably our best camera, and it's, it's, it's huge and heavy, and this is something I don't know, sort of more real about tape than digital. You can feel it, can't you? Yeah. You you can feel it, and I'm, one of the things I love about the sort of when they click in the um, when they click the, yeah. you know, the there is something about that, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, we still use cassettes. Like we bought a um, uh, like a new stereo like about what, eight years ago, but it, we we insisted that our new stereo had the double tape deck, so we could still record on two sets because we still have our Walkman. Nice. I still we still I think we got a Walkman knocking around you. <laughs> um, which is really cool. I I, I loved. I like tape. I do like tape. Um, I've still yeah. got quite a few VHS videotapes knocking around. Um, oddly enough, I've got a lot of Jackie Chan video <laughs> VHS. So uh, yeah, <laughs> back to the Evil Dead. Um, but we've got you know, and then we've obviously got with this one. You've got the um, you've got the professor 
um, and his daughter and her boyfriend who come looking for him. Um, yeah. And then uh, they're joined by the uh, by oh, yeah. Bobby Joe <laughs> yeah. uh, and and her boyfriend. It's, I, and I love those characters. Yeah. I absolutely love those characters. And he's like, you know, Bobby Joe. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, I love them. Where are you, girl? It's absolutely brilliant. I love them. Um, yeah. One of my favorite scenes, actually, is where the possessed Ash picks up. Um, oh, what's the character's name? Um, oh, what's his name? Um, it'll come back to me. Um, is it Jake? 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 I think it's Jake. I think he picks, yeah. when he picks up Jake and he throws him and he hits his head on the tree and the tree splits. Yeah. It just looks so brutal and painful because you can see the splinters. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I do love that moment. And again, I love Possessed Ash just because I think yeah. that chin makes me laugh. <laughs> and I mean, the chin needs an award. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bruce Campbell's book. <laughs> have you read Bruce Campbell's book? No. It's called If Chins Could Kill. Um, and I, I love, I, th- I think it is if chins could kill. It's something like it's something along the, but it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it, it, again, y- you see Ash becoming the Ash that everybody knows and the quotable Ash, yeah. don't we? And you yeah. get, the, you know, this is where you f- you're the first, like you know, groovy. Um, yeah. It is. It, it's brilliant. And I love the dagger. The dagger is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the Kandarian dagger. It's yeah. Cool. I love the. Um, the intro at the beginning of the film where they showed like when he talks about the book of the dead and you got all the stop motion and like when they shows like the inking in blood and the seas yeah. running red with blood i love yeah. that i think they that's a really really clever bit i love all that and like the, the smoke swirling and things it's absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant and the fact that they all you know, the first thing that they do when they arrive at the cabin and they see ash they try to kill him yeah or they they tie him up in the it's absolutely brilliant um and again this has got some amazing moments in it and of course it's got the famous hand scene yeah where he cuts his own hand off and that piece that piece of acting is amazing the physicality of him when he you know of bruce campbell in that scene is superb i mean i I mean you guys mentioned it earlier but what do you think on the on the hand scene I love I, I love the hand scene. It is one of my favourite. Yeah, you know, you see it dragging him across the floor and then just like attacking him and yeah. throwing things and hitting him and stuff. It's, it's just fantastic and and it's like, not done as well. That you know, no one else has uh, done the possessed hand. And then when he takes the uh, the meat carver to it as well, you just you just went so I beautiful. love it when the hand gets pinned to the wood and the fingers like straight yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like spider's legs do when they die. I love that bit. And I love when he's unconscious and it starts dragging him. Yeah. yeah. But that you know, again, that is Bruce Campbell doing that. You know, that, that there's nothing that's his that's just a sheer physical performance for Bruce Campbell. Yeah, which, that takes a lot of strength to do that. Yeah. And the other bit I love after he's cut his own hand off and he puts the bucket yeah. on top. Can you, have you read the title of the book that he puts on top of it? I, I think we did, but I can't remember. It's that. called Farewell to Arms. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's stuff like that. Little things like that that just make the Evil Dead see, you know, films. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's a clever bit of humour. And like when he's hitting himself with the plates 
Yeah. And, you know, the fact that, and like the flip over that he does. Yeah, he grabs You know, and I, I mean, like Sam Raimi, I'm a big fan of The Three Stooges. Mm. Um, oh, I love The Three Stooges because it's just silly. Yeah. And I like, I, there's not enough silly in the world. There really isn't. There needs to be more silly, and I'm a big fan of silly. Um, it's like, you know, we grew up watching The Power Rangers, and we still love and obsessed with The Power Rangers. There's a lot of silly humour in The Power Rangers. Which, um, I think people who, like, are like you've watched a new film, and people who watch it, like, his adults haven't ever grown up with it, are like, this is really silly. And when you're growing up, up, it's like, that, that's the charm. Of the Power Rangers, and that's the charm of the Evil Dead as well. Yeah, I, no, I, I totally, I've not seen the new um, Power Rangers. Is it any good? It is. It's brilliant. It really is. We squealed and clapped so many times. Especially <laughs> Evil Dead, and it's, uh, so it's some cameos in it, but uh, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Have you guys seen the fan film with James Van Der Beek? No, it's, it's on YouTube. Check it out. If you, it's quite dark. But it's a really good Power Rangers uh, fan film. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. It's really, really cool. Um, now, obviously, you know, you've got the evil camera back where it's chasing Ash through and you get it, you know, and again, it picks him up and spins him round and he gets possessed. Um, one of the things that it still makes me chuckle is the fact that, you know, one of the... Because the second one kind of sets the rules, doesn't it, for the universe? It so does, that, yeah. So that, the, like, the... You know the the deadites can't come out during the day, or they mm. can't possess somebody during the hours. You know of, of daylight, um, but it's the fact that he manages Ash manages to hang on till till dawn, and he you know the the demon leaves him, but he ends up sleeping the entire day through. <laughs> yeah, and then he's kind of stuck there again, and yeah. then you know, but there is a little bit actually in the Evil Dead Two which is quite interesting, and it's a bit of a gaff is when he gets into the car and he drives it off and then the bridge is all broken up, and which, again, is brilliant stop motion, sort of use of matte paintings and those type of things. And he yeah. smashes the car up, but in the next couple of scenes, the car's fine. Yeah, I, I, I can remember commenting on that. Yeah. It's like, you know, he smashed the car and then like, you see it again. It's like, oh, no, the car's fine. Yeah, well, you know, and sort of... you sort of, And like, it's the same with his shirt. Um, <laughs> he gets yeah. covered in blood... Yeah. And then, like, his shirt's dry, his shirt's wet, yeah. his shirt's dry, his shirt's wet. It's, you know, they built the set for this film um, inside a school. Oh, really? Inside a, inside a high school gym. Now, yeah. how awesome would that be if you were in that school? Yeah, I, w- I would not leave that set, no. Yeah, and I mean, like, the bit with the blood, and I've written this down because I've written it on my notes, is... Um, that's it, you know, he, he sort of, he, when he gets this, that, that sort of geyser of blood, mm. and then it stops, and you, his shirt is looking soaking wet, and in two scenes, it's dry. It's completely bone dry. Yeah. I, <laughs> it would it, be really handy to have clothes like that. It's like, have you ever seen sharks in fairness? No, I haven't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the first, like, super bad movies we've right, One of the Baldwin brothers. I think it's Alec Baldwin. And they ha- he's underwater. And but most of the film is Alec Baldwin run- running around in a super tight T-shirt with his <laughs> moves clearly on display. But there's this one scene where 
he, he goes into the water, comes out completely dry. And it's also another scene where he has an underwater fight for 10 minutes and no one comes up for air. So it's so that kind of continuity. <laughs> I love a really, really bad, oh, bad film. Yeah. We regularly have bad movie nights yeah. with, um, yeah, I made friend that we started the Bad Movie Appreciation Society, and again, the friends that we forced to watch Evil Dead were forced to participate, but <laughs> they didn't get the same enjoyment out of it. I mean, one of the things, um, and I've introduced this, and this is a segment uh, um, that I've popped in into the, um, into the show, is what the Wookiee watched this week segment. <laughs> and it's usually some of the sort of, or as my, you know, I've said before, my wife says, what shit are you making me watch now? <laughs> um, and I love, I love a bad film. So I think, yeah. I, I, you know, we've looked so far, you know, I've put in their reviews for Cooties. Have you seen Cooties? No. With Elijah Wood? No. About oh, no. Yes, I think we have. Oh, have yes, we? we have. It's the one set in the school. With the infected chicken nuggets. Oh, yes. You yes, know. you've seen that one. And yes. uh, I, t- I tell you what, guys, if you love a good, like, um, Beastly Freaks movie, um, it's, it's, um, it's an old Aussie film. It's sort of from the 80s. You've got, and I'm going to cover it on What the Wookiee Watch segment later, but it is Razorback. Ooh. It's about a giant killer pig. Oh, I'm really excited. We love creature features, all the bad B movie stuff. And Sharks are our favourite. Yeah. So you got you you guys you got you love great you love Razorback. It's absolutely brilliant. And the other one, of course, is Grizzly. Have uh, you seen Grizzly? No. From uh, from nineteen seventy seven. It's a William Girdler movie. Um, it was done as a sh- as a Jaws rip off. Uh, <laughs> but obviously with a big were. with a big bear it's absolutely brilliant you've got to you've got to get back uh, when you get a chat it's actually if, have you got a, if you've got Amazon Prime and you've got the Amazon yeah. video, it's on Amazon Prime uh, we can sign up for free so we, we went camping a few weeks ago and um, we took a selection of bad movies with us including like zombie strippers but, uh, <laughs> there's, there's a dinosaur one and then, uh, but the one we ended up watching was the um, the original Batman movie from the nineteen sixties. Nice. Just, no, yes. There's a uh, shark repellent. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Shark. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Now, one of the one of the things going back to our to Evil Dead Two uh, and the Evil Dead films is the theme of possession. Mm-hmm. Um. And one of the things is that what's really interesting is that sort of um, you get some of the humans get possessed by the evil spirits and then they start attacking everybody else. Um, but I love the fact that Raimi sort of puts that twist on it um, that like they can if they could hang on till dawn that they yeah. can get away from it, you know. And like the fact that Han, you know, Ash's hand becomes possessed after he, it's been bitten by his girlfriend. Yeah, I think I read. I really, really. I, I think that's a really clever thing, and it's one of the things I love about it, this film. It adds to the tension as well, because you're like, you know what I'm saying, like, it's not really, it's not really a race against time, but time plays an important factor, it's like, you just, like, just gotta hang on till dawn, and you'll yeah. be okay. And it also plays a part, like, in a lot of modern horror films, you see, like, obviously, the action happens after night, because, you know, night is scarier, and, yeah. but, and then, when the, the horror is over, like they've killed the, the bad guy or whatever. The like final scenes are usually it's daylight and so like daylight is the saviour and you know, that's what yeah. people did. Yeah. I mean and uh, th- yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's, it, that's a really good point actually. 
Um, the other bit in the film, which always amazes me, where Ash go loses his mind, and yeah. all like the the, you know, the stuffed animals on the wall start talking to him and laughing <laughs> yeah. at him, and they all start chanting "Dead by Dawn, Dead by Dawn." Yeah, and all, I it's, I think that's a really really good scene. The other bit as well is where the the one deadite comes up from the cellar and they jump on top of the um the trap the door and the eye pops out yeah and flies through the air down the girl's throat it's oh it's it's absolutely brilliant i love that i love that i never get bored of that so you know it is it's absolutely brilliant now the other thing as well um this film has obviously it's got more stop motion in it the end to it is much bigger um you know, and th- some of the acting performances actually are very, very good. Some mm. of them are a little bit stiff, but you know, the acting performances overall are very, very good. Um, but of course, the um, you know the bit at the end where it gets all a bit poltergeisty, where you've got um, sort of they've blown open that the portal to the other world, and they're trying to yeah. suck everything through, and then you've got that sort of the massive head <laughs> with the big yeah. tree branches that come out, yeah. and it's. It does look a little bit sort of like King Kong 1930s. Yeah. I, I, you know, and that, that's absolutely brilliant. And it's sort of, you know, it's dragging, <laughs> it drags him through. And then obviously it sets us up nicely for Army of Darkness. <clears throat> now, originally, Sam Raimi wanted to set more of the second one um, in sort of medieval times. But he couldn't have the, he didn't have the budget, so they managed to sort of get him to set more of it in the cabin, um, mm. and then spill over into um, at the end. And did you spot any what at the right at the end where Ash has landed and all the knights around him? Did you spot Sam Raimi as one of the knights? No. He's got the worst English accent ever. <laughs> it's right up there with Dick Van Dyke. Oh wow! <laughs> but the, so it's sort of. You know, Evil Dead Two. Where do you guys come to score this one then? So we said the first one was eight point five. Where are you guys coming in on uh, Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn? Um, I'd say like probably like seven point five eight. Yeah, slightly better. I love the person, but you know, it's you know, it is still really good. So you say what? Where you got seven point five? Yeah, yeah. You got seven point five. Yeah, I would probably just about give it an eight. That's because I'm just a little bit more. I I don't know. There's something about it. I can't quite bring myself to give it a score below eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does sort of like I said. I love the setup into the Army of Darkness. Yeah. Now, how do you guys feel about Army of Darkness? Love it. Absolutely. It's love just. It. So ridiculous! I love the skeleton army. It's the yeah. best thing. Yeah, uh, uh, it is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant moment. The yeah, skeleton army. I just remember memorizing for the first time, and then the skeleton army came up. We were just completely in awe of that. God have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. At a time of evil. You shall die! When the world needed a hero. Just swallow us all. I don't want to die! What it got was him. Groovy. You know your shoelaces untied. 
He's a 20th century guy. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Trapped in the Middle Ages. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my boomstick. Now, let's talk about how I get back home. Foretold by a mystical book. Within its pages are passages that can send you back to your time. Forewarned by a wise man. You must recite the words, Klaatu, Berata, Nictu. I got it, I got it. Fulfilled by a wise guy. Klaatu, Berata, when the army spoke the words, the army of the dead awoke. <coughs> now, he's got a date. Give me some sugar, baby. Sheila! With the army of darkness. You found me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. Sound the trumpets. Raise the drawbridge. Drop the Oldsmobile. From Sam Raimi. Director of Darkman yeah. comes Army of Darkness. They live. They breathe. They suck. Army of Darkness. I, do you know what I love as well? Have you seen all like the variant posters? And covers for the film. No, there's loads of them, and there's quite a few sort of. There's some really good ones, but the one with the red backing. Have you mm. seen that one? And it's just how ripped they make Bruce Campbell look. Yeah, it doesn't even resemble Bruce Campbell. <laughs> um, but obviously, we got again. You've got Army of Darkness. Um, it's directed by Sam Raimi. It's written by Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi, um, who's his brother. Again, produced by Robert Tappard. Um, again, starring Bruce Campbell. Um, it was again released by Dino De Laurentiis. Um, and this time, you got Universal Pictures on board. But the budget for this one is eleven million. Wow! And it Probably took. Yeah. Yes, you can see where the budget is. You can actually see where, where they did spend it on the prosthetics yeah. and everything. But yeah. it made. It went on to make twenty-two million dollars. Wow! Uh-huh. You know, you know the biggest uh, uh, yeah. But like, what I really like, you know, and it was released um, originally in 1993. Ah, oh, we missed time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, make, yeah, not helping me. Uh, I was 13 at the time, and it seems like a <laughs> long time ago. Um, but again, I lo- what I love about this is the fact that they've just thrown everything at it, haven't they? Yeah. And it, you've got King Arthur. You've got um, you've got your, sort of the castles. You've got the knights. You've got the Ray Harryhausen sort of. Um, yeah, you've got the miniature ashes. Yes, <laughs> I love you know and that, you know out of the film. I was I, I was watching it last night, and when you watch when you watch it, it sort of moves again. At you know because again it's only it's eighty eight minutes long. Now there are a number of different cuts for this film. There's, there are loads. There's the director's cut. There's the TV cut. There's loads. There's about four or five different cuts for it, but it moves really quickly. Yeah. yeah. It moves really quickly, and the fact when I was watching us, I didn't think. I thought, oh my god, what? We're at the windmill. We're at the windmill already. Mm. So in the first two, you've got the cabin, and then we've got obviously you've got you know, you've got the wind. You've got the you know the windmill, and you've got the mini ashes. 
Yeah. And it's, I, and it's the little voices. Yeah. It's the little squeaky voices as they're running yeah. around. I'd put the setup for that with a mirror. And he cracks yeah. the mirror and they all crawl. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Out of all the little mini ashes, which is your favourite death for them? Oh, I don't know. Swimming pitfalls. I mean, I re- I, one of my favourites is the, the, the pitchfork, when he's got the eating fork. Yeah. And he lines it up and he skewers him against the wall. I do like that one. Yeah. And then they got the other one where the ones that they've tied him up after they've knocked him unconscious. Yeah. 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 And the fact when he jumps inside him. Yeah. And he yeah. pouring. Really yeah. And he pours the hot water down his own throat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just. Oh, it's brutal. And then you get the brilliant moment, and you where evil ash sprouts from his shoulders yeah and you get the eye in the shoulder yeah that's all of it like yeah it's like when you see the eye it's like oh i i got a thing about eyes but yeah that's so clever and i love that how it's all you know the other thing is 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 incredible is the way it's all silhouetted with the moon behind him yeah and he's sort of you know and it's it's all and it's all shot on a a set you can see that it's it's obviously shot on a set and it's the way in which the him and like the other person who's grown they're on the like sort of like crab walking yeah. Together and then they separate. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I love that. It's the thing. It's in it's, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. And it's also, but it's ingenious. It's like, while the film is creating tiny miniature, evil versions of themselves and that, all the bits in Army of Darkness, because it's all so random. You know, like, you've got that, you've got the medieval bit at the start in the fighting pit thing. Yeah. And um, then, you know, then you've got the skeleton. I mean, it's all sort of surrounded. It's like it's all ingenious. The ideas, yeah. The possession is like fighting the possession. He is fighting himself, but in Army of Darkness, he is literally fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, and I do think, obviously, you get the the most quotable lines in this, don't you? You get the most quotable lines in this. You get, you know, you got groovy. You get this is my boomstick. Yeah. Out of all of Ash's lines, which is your favourite? Oh, I do like this in my boomstick. And it's also... Oh, oh I can't remember the exact quote. But, um, when, like, he's working in Harper and that, and um, <laughs> he sort of introduces his, you know, it's like action, it's like Harper, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, I love the scenes in the uh, in the hardware store. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the, the um, I mean my favourite um, line, and it's a bit of a cliche, is "Give me some sugar, baby." I think yeah. that's just such a ridiculous line. Yeah. Um, and I think Bruce Campbell is the only man in the world who is able to deliver that line. Yeah. Anyone else, you punch him in the face, you know, you kick him in the balls for that. <laughs> he gets away with that. He does. I, and, I, and I think it works so well. And I mean, the other thing as well, which I really, you know, that I liked, is the big set piece battles. When yeah. you've got, and I love, you know, I'm a big fan of Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, the, the old, you know, the, with, the, with the skeleton soldiers and things. And Actually, I got a real fondness for skeleton soldiers. I it's love like that. in. Um, do you ever play Golden Axe on the Mega Drive? Yes. 
skeleton thing going on. Bugger to kill, but I love that. So yeah. we've got Bing, real love for skeleton army. So the army of darkness happened to skeleton army. It's just brilliant. And it's them when they play in the bones. Yeah. The drums yeah. and the pipes. I, I think yeah. it's absolutely it's, brilliant. It is a yeah, brilliant, that, brilliant bit. The skeleton army for me is my favourite part of yeah. army of darkness. You know, they managed to get a bit of steampunk in there. Yeah. Up with a car with a massive spinning blades on the front. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. So, where do you guys come in on Army of Darkness? Ooh. See, I do love it too. For me, it would be it's at least an eight. Yeah. So, whether it, you know, it lacks the horror of the first two. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's more so much, it's just humour. Yeah. It's just. Humor. I'd probably go an eight because I think the first one's probably my favorite because it is like the most horror. But I love the humor and all the different random stuff of Army of Darkness. Yeah. I put it above Evil Dead too, but not quite as high. Yeah, so pure for the skeleton army for me, it just, it yeah. just makes it. <laughs> I mean, I probably give it an eight. Yeah, I give it an eight just 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 for the fact that it has got a skeleton army in it. Yeah, it, and it's sort of and having watched the series. It sort of segues really nicely into into Jerk Ash, yeah. Ash being the braggart and the coward, and the fact that he yeah. just wants to go home and he doesn't yeah. want to help anybody else. Yeah, and, you know. But there's something still really likable about Ash, um, and yeah. he sort of and he is that fully formed sort of character in you know in in Army of Darkness. So for that, you know, it, it for me is an eight out of ten. Yeah, that that's where sort of iconic Ash is born. Really, is the Army of Darkness. Where yeah, with his lines and. You know, that's a, he really comes into sense. I've seen the first one. He's, you know, he's scared of the horror. He, he's not quite the hero, but by the burden, he's like, I'm the hero of this story. Yeah. yeah. But it's the fact he doesn't want to be the hero. Yeah. I, that's what it's I... Like, so, you guys, you said you've seen the first episode of the TV series? Yes. What did you think of it? Absolutely loved it. And when he gets the chainsaw, <laughs> it's just like, ah! Yeah. The rest of season one is amazing it is absolutely amazing and it does get better and better and better season two i'm about halfway through season two and again it's already excellent so you get make sure try and get all of it because it is yeah. brilliant uh, i mean i need that on dvd or you know find someone with netflix and just like move in for a bit till we boxed it all <laughs> but you can i think it's quite cheap now on um, on dvd Season oh, one is quite cheap, so it's uh, it's quite uh, it's quite. Cheap. Have to get that company <laughs> so did guys, we, when we had Evil Dead Night, we did all three films, and then the, the first the first episodes of the season, and then our other friends were just like, no, and we were like, this is amazing, and they just like laugh. It's thanks to the se- series, man. You have kind of won my wife round on the Evil Dead. Because <laughs> she watched the first one and it was just, I think she just didn't quite get it. And yeah. it was all a bit like, what is this? But after watching the series, and she kind of warmed to Ash a bit more. Yeah. So, um, so that was really good. So, guys. Do you have to sort of just let go and just enjoy it for what it is? Yeah. Brilliant. And, yeah. And they, you get more it's not enjoy- supposed to be taken seriously. Yeah, it's not supposed to be, you know, an excellent film. It's, it's you know, it's Evil Dead. It's special in its own way. So, out of all three films, which is your key Evil Dead moment? Oh, it's probably chopping up a hand, isn't it? Attacks in the chainsaw. Yes. 
it's like, you know, that is evil, there's, you know, everyone who cosplays that, it's a chainsaw on the hand. Yeah, you do see a lot, I, I, I would imagine, since you guys do spend a lot of time at more conventions, you do see a lot of chainsaw hands the and a lot of ashes. ashes that we see, weirdly, there's usually one, isn't it? Yeah, there's usually one, but actually one of the best ones we've seen was a female ash. She was brilliant. Awesome. I've never she seen a female ash. She had the gun strapped around her chest and she had the chainsaw hand. She did yeah. it really well. Because it's, you know, it's quite a basic costume, isn't it? But you've got to yeah. get the details right, haven't you? But yeah, as, yeah, as soon as you see it, you're like, a flash. <laughs> you know, it, it's not like a, a special, you know, it's not a special costume. It's just in like a blue shirt. Well, it's a um, denim shirt, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but one arm is a bit dark. So, guys, now I know you are incredibly busy. You've, you're working on, well, everything. <laughs> you're <laughs> slowly taking over the world. So <laughs> we, need some clothes. we need little ash clothes. Yeah, you do. little versions of ourselves to do up a stuff. They'd be a nightmare. They'd just get distracted by shiny things and run off all the time. Yeah. Like us in museums. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, where can people find you guys? Where can they follow you? And what are you what are you guys working on at the minute that you want to sort of uh, let everybody know about? We, we won't put like every, we're on Twitter at CLRaven. We're on Instagram at CLRaven666. Although our Instagram is mostly filled with our pets and our poultry videos and our gymnastics because we started gymnastics. I have noticed some of the gymnastics videos. We're getting stuck upside down in somersaults, mate. Most of us, <laughs> and I don't want to do this. And mostly, we want to be Power Rangers, and we've got karate skills. We used to do karate, and of course, the Power Rangers do jumping and stuff. So, like, to do gymnastics, we could be Power Rangers as well. So. It makes sense. It makes sense. And uh, we're on uh, Facebook as well, and uh, we're on YouTube. Um, Raven's Retreat is our channel. We've, we've just posted a video doing our Rhythm at Open Comic Con. And our perfect stuff's on that. We, we have another YouTube channel, Disaster Class, which is our DB channel. Um, it's going to be a lead steampunk festival on it's a bit May 14th. And then the next one is Don Quest on May 27th and 28th. But we get back from Spain like the day before, like really late the day before, and then we do Don Quest the next day. And then um, um, we're Optimus, Concon, um, we're guests at Swansea Horrorcon, July 1st and 2nd, and Kane Hodd is going to be there. Fingers and, um, crossed I'm going to be there, so I'll uh, oh, definitely pop around and say hello to you guys. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it, because I've never met Kane Hodder before, but I know some he people... He is lovely. He's absolutely lovely. We met him in Sheffield, Horrorcon, and a um, couple in front of him, sort of chatting to him and making dick jokes, and we joined in with the inappropriate dick jokes, and uh, <laughs> then... We sort of got chatting about he was wearing his Hollywood Ghost Hunters t-shirt and we were like, we saw you on Ghost Adventures, we've met the Ghost Adventures guys and he's like, did that flirt with you? And we were like, no. And he's like, why not? What's wrong with him? <laughs> and um, then um, like in everybody's photos, he's either strangling them or doing his uh, Jason head squeak. So we said in the photo, can we strangle you instead? So he allowed this. So we think about his it, neck is like a lot bigger than our tiny yeah. head. Yeah, his neck is awful. <laughs> Like to, two hands to get around him, and then um, in the photo as well, he then picks both of us up, and then the camera went up, and then he just still just held both of us off the ground. And then he's like, Oh, here's the camera taken, and the cube's going, Yeah, the photo's done, and he just won't put us back. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. So, are you guys working on anything at the moment that you want to let your fans know about? Or, uh, we've got a book coming out hopefully 
end of June, and we're going to be launching at Swansea called The Devil Servant. And it's about the witch trials in Edinburgh in 1649. Nice. And it's a kind of sequel to our other book, The Malignant Dead, which is about the plague in 1645 in Edinburgh. And we got our very first comic story coming out at the end of the year. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, and um, guys in you know, Help Our Media, they publish an anthology series called Shock Value. And it's all based on different colours. They just put out Shock, well, they're bringing out something that soon. Um, shock value giallo you know cool. so all awesome Italian horror. and it's nice. on kickstarter at the moment and um so then the next one the one we're in is shock value silver which is monsters from the silver screen so like classic universal monsters so uh cool. we have to have a werewolf story so we they taught us how to write comic scripts so we turned it into a comic script and they detected it and that's really really cool Oh, and we are also going to be in this shop value purple where we wrote Bridget's horror erotica. So we wrote in some the erotica story, and someone has to illustrate that. Yeah, there we are then. Yeah, right. Someone has to illustrate our zombie prostitute. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. I can't believe you guys, you've managed to fit it all in, honestly, and appear on the show. So. I know, yeah. It helps not having a social life. <laughs> <laughs> What's what we evening is like we do like four exercise classes in a week and in the evening but well, well no five nine of gymnastics but like we do pofit and then dash from the pofit studio straight to the gymnastics studio and on Thursday that was a stupid thing to do because you spent an hour on the spinning pole but horribly sick and dizzy and then we're doing <laughs> spinning man the uh the asymmetric bars in gymnastics and doing handstands and going we really regret this <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i know what it's like i've sort of uh I remember, you know, a while ago, doing a CrossFit class and then going straight to boxing and oh, then just thinking, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. See, perfect's not even that skinny. It's not like we basically, I mean, it takes a lot of strength and core strength, but for us, we're used to doing a lot of cardio. So, like, we don't really break a sweat in perfect. So, like, we can do another class afterwards, just not after we've been spinning around. Like <laughs> I guess we'll be traveling for the rest of the time. So being on the spinning mode, it's just like I have to sit down for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, guys, I do not know how you do it. Um, but once again, thank you for coming on the show. Um, and if you want to come back, you've got an open invitation at any time. Of course, we'd love to come back. Thank you very much for coming on. Always a pleasure. Uh, I'll make sure that uh, we get plenty of plugs on for you and uh, we'll make sure that everybody knows where they can come and purchase your stuff because that's the important bit. Yes. So, guys, <laughs> once again... <laughs> once again, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So, let's get into What the Wookiee Watched this week segment. And up first, we have... Critters from 1986. Let's check out the trailer. Of all the planets in the galaxy, they chose ours. They hide in small places. This phone is dead. What? They light the dark. Jay, any luck? Just a minute. There's nothing cute about them. They've come a long way, and they're hungry. 
<laughs> I love that trailer. Um, Critters is always one of those films that I always remember being in the video shop. I always remember it being there um, and seeing the poster um, and always remember just really liking the cover for the VHS, for the actual video, uh, for the video box. I loved it. It was absolutely, I just, I'm a big fan of this film. Um <laughs> it's just so silly. Um, but uh, let's have a little look at it. It was directed by um, Stephen Herrick. It was written by Dominic Muir and Stephen Hark and Don Keith Opper. Um, it's got a fairly um, it's got a fairly substantial cast. I mean, it stars D. Wallace, uh, M. Emmett Walsh, Billy Greenbush, Scott Grimes, um, Nadine Van Der Veld. Um, it stars D, um, Don Keith Opper, um, Billy Zane, in a very early role. Um, nice hearing, by the way. <laughs> it stars Ethan Phillips. Now, people may remember Ethan Phillips from the Star Trek series Voyager. Um, it stars Terence Mann and Jeremy Lawrence. It's got a big old cast. Um, I think this movie is very... Um, very underrated. Lots of people. It is. It is silly. It's got some amazing moments in it. Um, the critters themselves, the little creatures, the black sort of rolling balls of teeth um, that shoot the little spikes out of them. I think they, as a creature design, they're absolutely brilliant. Um, I mean, they are nothing more in several scenes than glorified sock puppets. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's just a lot of fun. Um, the characters, the bounty hunters themselves, um, that sort of. Um, a shapeshift and change into different uh, different people are great, great characters. Um, overall, um, this film is a lot of fun. So if you haven't seen it, you, you need to. You need it in your life. I think you can pick it up on DVD for something like a pound. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a brilliant, and I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. Um, is it perfect? No. Like I said, it's a very, very silly film. Um, but I'm going to score Critters. Um, I'm going to have to give it a 7.5. Okay, up next we have got See No Evil from 2006. Let's have a little look-see at the trailer. Hello? No, wait, hold up. You're kidding, right? What do you want? Oh my god! What is going on? I mean, <laughs> when you look at the trailer for this one, um, you kind of know what you're getting. Um, this is the WWE um, Studios uh, movie. I think it's one of their first uh, movies that they released. It was directed by Gregory Dark, 
Um, it was written by Joel Simon and it stars Glenn Jacobs. Uh, people probably will know him as the Big Red Machine, um, a.k.a. Kane, the WWE wrestler. Um, it stars Christina Vidal, uh, Michael J. Uh, Pagan, Samantha Noble and Stephen Vidler. And the story is quite a simple one. You get a group of delinquents who are sent to clean the Blackwell Hotel. However, lurking in the darkness and in the hidden passages of the hotel is a sadistic killer. Um, See No Evil is pretty much a combination of every um, uh, slasher movie you could possibly think of. However, for me, it is that sort of combination of uh, Friday the 13th and the magnificent Chuck Norris vehicle, The Hero and the Terror. (laughs) Um, It's got some good kills. It's got some interesting moments in it. Um, I think visually it's quite an interesting film. Not the biggest budget, um, but they do a lot with it. Um, What this film has going for it is Glenn Jacobs himself. Um, I think he's sort of, he's very much in his element. He is a big, imposed, I think massive is the built like a brick shithouse, I think is the best way to describe him. He's a big, imposing man. Um, and as the killer, um, I think he's, you know, he, he gives a really good performance. Um, some of the other performances in this go from passable to, oh, it's kind of like when you sort of, um, it's they've managed to sort of roll out the sort of, um, the local dram group for a couple of the characters in it. Um, but I did enjoy watching this film. Um, if you're looking for something just to sort of pass the time or have on in the background or something you can dip in and out of, or if you sort of, uh, you come home after a few bevvies, um, I think it's a type of film you could probably throw on and, uh, enjoy. Um, and I would score See No Evil, um, a five out of ten. Okay, up next we have got, and I'm very excited about talking about this film, is 1991's The Runestone. Let's check out the trailer. Live presents a spectacular thriller with an all-star cast. You're not afraid. Yeah, I'm afraid. Alexander Gudnov of Die Hard and Witness. Peter Riegert of Crossing Delancey. And Joan Severance of Bird on a Wire. The Runestone. This is really something, isn't it? It's just my reason for living. Do you have any idea of what you have found? I think I do. It promises everything. Don't listen to anything it tells you. Just look at you. All excited about some caveman carvings. Some lettering variation I've never come across. But once it has awakened, there's no turning back. Whatever it was that killed all those people, it wasn't a maniac. It wasn't a serial killer. It wasn't human. Centuries ago, it took a god to imprison it. Norsemen sailed as far from their land as they could because they had something they wanted to get rid of. We just scraped two men off the tiles out there. My men are playing mix and match with body parts. Today, it will take a miracle to destroy it. You tell me exactly what you think we're up against. If you listen to me, I may be able to help you. Alexander Goodenough, Joan Severance, Peter Riegert, The Rue. Oh, I've been a big fan of this film for a very, very, very long time. Um, I remember picking this up. Um, I think I must have been about 13, 
12, 13 at the time, just picking it up um, randomly because the cover in the video shop just looked so cool. Um, it's one of those great sort of straight to VHS uh, sort of discoveries that you, you, you get every now and again. Um, I mean, the story is very, very basic. Uh, you get a Norse runestone is discovered in a Western Pennsylvania mine. Um, and the prophecy on it tells about the return of the of the sort of the um, the Nordic uh, god Fenrir, um, who subsequently then possesses the archaeologist um, who turns into this sort of wolf-like creature and goes on a bit of a rampage. Um, this film is absolutely brilliant. It was direct. It was directed by Willard Carroll. It was written by uh, Mark E. Rogers, who wrote it as a novella. And then it was uh, the screenplay was written by Willard Carroll. Now, one of the things that sort of stands this film aside is it's got a brilliant cast. It's got a really, really good cast. And everybody in this film brings their A game. It's absolutely, I, I think it's a, it's a great film. Um, it stars uh, Peter Reigert. Um, it stars Joan Severance, the um, great character actor William Hickey. Uh, Tim Ryan, uh, Mitchell Lawrence, the other great character actor who known for playing sort of rough, gruff captains and police captains, those type of thing, is Lawrence Tierney. Um, he stars Dawn Scott, uh, Chris Young, and of course, Alexander Gudinov. Now, people may remember Alexander Gudinov um, from the Die Hard, uh, from Die Hard 1, uh, where he plays one of the terrorists. But... Actually, uh, Mr. Goodenough was originally a ballet dancer um, and was one of the lead dancers for the Bolshoi Ballet. Um, tragically, he died very young. Um, I think he died not uh, not too long after making this film. Um, but this is a film that um, is totally, totally unapologetic. It's silly, it's funny, it's got some brilliant action moments in it. Um, it's got a little bit of gore, but nothing major. Um, I like it an awful lot. Um, and would I, do I rate it the same as Critters? I would probably give this again, I would give this a seven. Um, but I'm sort of, I find it quite hard to detach myself, uh, from the nostalgic element of, uh, of this film. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I managed to track this down on, um, I think it was through Music Magpie. And I think I paid about pound fifty for it. So it's out there. Um but um you don't the only thing is my DVD cover, and this is me being really ultra geeky now, doesn't have the brilliant VHS uh, VHS cover. Um but yeah. So we're coming to the end of the show. Once again, I would like to thank my fantastic guest, CL Raven. Always a pleasure. Uh, to have you guys on, always entertaining. Remember, guys, you can check out all this stuff. I'll attach all the links to the show um, at the um, at the end. Uh, a bit slap happy now. <laughs> uh, I'll make sure that they're in the, the, the uh, descriptions uh, and all the links, guys. If you haven't read any of their books, make sure you get out there and read them because they are they're well worth it. They're really they are real page turners, and I'm always grateful that they come on. Now. Next episode, before I jump into um, shout-outs and those type of things, next episode, uh, I'm going to have a very special co-guest coming back on, co-host. Uh, he, Liam was on originally for our Wicker Man episode, and um, he's coming back, and we're going to be discussing 
Dario Argento's Suspiria from 1977. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to that. Um, as always, I want to give a big, big, big shout out to my man Blake at Spivey Point. Um, to Dr. Shock himself, Dave Becker, over at DVD Infatuation. Um, everybody on the Horror Movie Podcast. Um, I want to say a big, big shout out to my man Alistair and his dad over at Cadavercast. Guys, you absolutely slayed it. Your Boogeyman episode was spot on. Um, I could have done with that information, Alistair, when I was about seven or eight myself. Um, I had a slight boogeyman problem there. <laughs> but guys, if you there is a it is a brilliant show. Um Jeff and Alistair are a fantastic father and son team. Get yourselves over there and uh, check them out. Um I would give I'm gonna give CL Raven another shout out because I always do check them out. Um, my man CJ over at VHS Revival. Um very, very kind. He's got a link up to um to the show and he's given us a wonderful write-up on there. So thank you, my good man. I am really, really appreciative of that. Um I want to say hello to Mikey Daft at Twitter, another Taffy. Thank you very much for uh, listening, for tweeting, for commenting. Really appreciate it. Um so that all being said and done, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for tweeting. Uh, I want to say a big th- thank you to um, a certain gentleman, uh, Mr. C.T. Phipps, um, a fantastic author, guys. Um, really, really, really good. Uh, his um, supervillain saga is fantastic. Um, really, really good. I mean, I love his stuff. Really, really do. Um, I want to say thank you very much for all your wonderful comments um, on our YouTube page. Really, really appreciate it. And so, as we draw to a conclusion, all that's left for me to say is, in the immortal words of Count Dracula, good night out there, whatever you are.